Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. We're doing the NFL preview today with my friend Kevin Boiler at CBS Sports. Kevin, we're dropping this I don't know when. You and I are recording this like on September 1st. Lance could drop this at any day between now and the start of the season. So I'm not doing a date, but I am happy to have you on for the second year in a row to help the casual college football fan preview what they need to know about the NFL season. Thank you for joining us. I'm sure you can guess all the storylines we're going to talk about, Urban Meyer, all that stuff. How are you doing though? I'm doing great, Trey. I guess all my notes here on group of five prospects who made it to the NFL are useless for this podcast. Be careful. Don't call my bluff because I, I I might actually ask you to, to, to tell me those guys. Um, Before we get into the weeds, who's your Super Bowl pick? I feel like I should ask that on an NFL preview. Okay, so my Super Bowl pick, this is not official, so this is the first time anyone's hearing it, but I, I've got this sneaking suspicion that things are going to work out for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He's gone to the NFC Championship two years in a row. Last year, Brady and the Bucks. that's not going to happen again. We saw the Chiefs two years in a row. I think it's Rodgers' turn. I think everything works out. I think he gets what he wants in the end. He stays in Green Bay, and uh, it's happy ever after for Aaron Rodgers and Titletown. I love it. All right, we'll move on now that we've got that out of the way. Urban Meyer, he's now in, under the NFL PA investigation for the vaccination stuff. Um, I'm sure that it will have worked out by the time this airs, but he was being weird before that even happened with not naming Trevor Lawrence as the starting quarterback, the way the Jets had done with Zach Wilson. And then you trade Gardner Minshew for a sixth round pick, which doesn't feel like that much. And I'm just like, also the Jags Monday night football game against the Saints was a disaster. Travis Etienne already is out for the season. I know that's not Urban's fault, but it just feels like things are not going well for old Herb down in Jacksonville. Were you not weirded out by the whole Tebow saga too? I can't believe I forgot that. So that too. I mean, what 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 do the NFL what does the NFL community think about Urban Meyer right now? Well, here's my theory. My theory is he was only coming out of retirement for the perfect opportunity. If you remember a couple of years ago, people were talking about USC and would he come out of retirement for that? And I think the NFL posed a unique and new opportunity and challenge for him. However, the way it was given to him by Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think he buttered him up. He really, really made the case for him to come to Jacksonville here. You're going to get your own franchise. You have the most spending room in free agency. You've got the number one pick. You've got a generational quarterback in Trevor Lawrence that you can use that pick on. And it's pretty hard to fail when you have all of those things. However, I think he's slowly learning or should be slowly learning, hopefully quickly learning that not everyone's going to treat him the same way that Shad Khan is, the owner of the Jaguars. I think that um, he's learning that a lot of players in the NFL probably don't want to be treated like college players. They don't all need a rah-rah guy in the locker room like Tim Tebow. I think a lot of uh, you know, there's no NFL PA or players association to answer to in college football when you're saying something off the cuff in a preseason press conference. So I think it shows that the fact that his team is under investigation by the players association before he even 
coaches his first regular season game shows that he was at least somewhat unprepared for the challenges that were going to be ahead. I'm not going to write the story on Urban Meyer, the NFL coach just yet, but I think he's finding out or should be finding out that it's a lot harder and a lot more complicated and maybe nuanced to build an NFL franchise from the ground up. Even when you have all the things I mentioned at your disposal, than it is to run a top 10 program in college football. When you watch the Jaguars, I'm assuming you watch the Monday night game. I think, do you see something that is he getting outclassed by NFL coaches? I know Kevin, this is silly. It's the preseason, but I can, well, well, I can, yeah, it right. just feels like he's going to be. When it comes to scheme and stuff, you got to remember that, you know, no coach is even showing their full playbook or even half of their playbook in the preseason. So that's a little difficult to see. But I did see a lot of criticism, people saying that he's running an offense that's outdated. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's just dialed back for the preseason. I think he's got the playmakers to have a good team. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. It's just a matter of, you know, will the Jaguars be able to build the franchise around him and get the most out of him? Or will he kind of go down as this Archie Manning type character who no one ever doubted his greatness, but kind of wasted his whole career on a horrible Saints team in the 70s and never had any playoff success whatsoever. So I think that uh, I think that he's got a long leash in Jacksonville, but the criticism is coming quick and it's cutting too. So he's got to learn not to insulate himself entirely within the Jaguars organization. He's got to listen and realize, see what other coaches are doing, how other teams are running their program. And I I think that, you know, if he gets off to a rough start here in 2021, it won't be long before, you know, you see turnover on the coaching staff. That's another thing we didn't mention that has already gotten off to a rocky start for him, but and he'll 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 start to make those adjustments. Now, I think it remains to be seen how much he's in it for the long haul. Which rookie quarterback, I'm gonna name all of them, are we talking about in December, in January, whenever the end of, who knows, Kevin? For me in college football, it's December and January. I don't know when your when your witching hour month is, but Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. That's a great question. I definitely think we're going to be talking about Justin Fields just because he's a massive talking point. He's definitely the biggest lightning rod character of all of them uh, this year. And that has everything to do with his draft position uh, and the situation that he finds himself in with the Bears. I think he's the most talented guy on the roster at the position, but the Bears are committed to Andy Dalton and moving forward with him as a starter, at least to start the season. Now, that said, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to make it through the whole season as a starter. So when you talk about the witching hour, Justin Fields could be that guy who comes in. If you look at the Bears, they made the playoffs with a mixture of Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Chase Daniel over the past couple of years. Now, if they're that same caliber team with Andy Dalton, and then in November, December, you inject Justin Fields, that could take a team to a new stratosphere. And that's a very exciting thing for Chicago Bear fans who have literally never had a 4,000-yard passer in their entire franchise history. And uh, it's kind of been their Achilles heel in recent years. I was at the Titans preseason game against the, the Bears the other night. Justin Fields is such a mega talent, man. I've seen him now at high school and college in the NFL. And just even just a few throws, was he was just superb. And I panned to Andy Dalton on the sideline after one of them, just keeping a stoic face. But it's like, he knows he can't do the stuff that Justin Fields can do. So I, I, yeah, Andy Dalton had his time. 
he had a long time in Cincinnati. I think it's Justin Fields' time now. But Mac Jones, I got to give it to you right now. You you were loving up on him during the draft. You're saying, why are we looking at photos of Mac Jones shirtless and making our assessment on that? You supported the dad bod, and here he is. He's going to put up numbers for one of the most popular teams in football. Are, are they good enough to make the playoffs this year? I mean, look at that endorsement. Look at that endorsement from Bill Belichick, greatest NFL head coach of all time, just sent Cam Newton packing before the regular season started. That's how much he believes in Mac Jones. That's how much I believe in Mac Jones too. I might've made the decision even earlier because if you're watching the preseason games, this is really nothing against Cam Newton. I think Cam is a very, very good player. He's not quite the player he was in 2015, uh, but if you look at the command that Mac Jones had, this dude never seemed fluster never seemed out of place uh he moves with a purpose and every report out of training camp is that this dude is just laser focused and ready to go and i think he's in a tough spot in the sense that he's going to be compared to tom brady just that's just the natural way it's going to go however man like i think this guy's got the best demeanor to handle such a comparison not that he's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to end up winning six Super Bowls with the Patriots. But I think if there's a guy in this draft class who can take that comparison and then when he doesn't live up to it, you know, let the criticism roll off his back and move forward and get better. If you remember the year Tua got hurt and he came in and he played in the Iron Bowl and they lost. Remember that? Mm hmm. I feel like so, yep. so many people made their judgment on Mac Jones in that moment. And then the next year when he came and he blasted all of Tua's numbers and then did what he did in the national championship game, you know, everyone, not that Devonta Smith isn't great because he is, but everyone wanted to give the receiver the credit for what Mac Jones was doing at the quarterback position. And I think that Tua had a better stable of receivers in his prime at Alabama than Mac Jones did. And now if you look in the NFL eyes, Tua is looked at as this guy who is fledgling now heading into his second year. Everyone's talking about the possibility of a Deshaun Watson trade to Miami and Miami just giving up after eight games on Tua. And here's Mac Jones who just got the starting job from Bill Belichick over none other than former MVP Cam Newton. Like you tell me at some point, the narrative has to shift on the guy, right? Eventually. It already, I think now, I think now it has that preseason he had was insane. I'm going to ask you about some, well, one rookie and, and one non rookie paired together over there in Cincinnati. And then we're going to do a little rookie rapid fire that I didn't prepare you for, but I think you're going to handle really well that I just got to thinking about when she mentioned Devontae Smith. For all the LSU fans listening, are Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase okay? Yeah, you can't. I mean, I'm not saying they're not okay. I'm saying we don't know. I mean, Joe Burrow played three snaps in the preseason. He attempted because of the injury. The injury yeah. just rehab took longer, or that was normal. No, I mean, if you look at his rehab front compared to Saquon Barkley's, for example, and you look at Saquon Barkley, oh, it's a premier athlete, you know, freak athlete. Joe Burrow tore his ACL and LCL or whatever. He had a more complex knee injury than Saquon did, and then was cleared, fully cleared to play almost two months earlier than Saquon was. Now you could say quarterback a little less demanding physically on the knee than a cut a running back who's cutting, but it shows that Joe Burrow 
has recovered well from it. I think it's just an, over an abundance of caution. There was also the early part of preseason and training camp where Joe Burrow wasn't looking good. And he did admit to some mental struggles of coming back with the injury, but all players deal with that. He's just one of the only ones who maybe was honest enough at, uh, to admit it in a press conference. Jamar Chase is a little more concerning for me only because he had drops. He had four just in the preseason, but the training camp, the reports out of training camp practices where he kept dropping balls. And that's not what you remember about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at LSU. In fact, you remember quite the opposite. I think maybe a year away from the game, he might need, you know, it's already hard enough to adjust, to acclimate to the game speed of the NFL. Now imagine you sat out for a year and all you've been doing is, you know, training on air and then you're thrust into an NFL training camp slash preseason setting. And now he's in his uh, first NFL season. It might take half a year or a full year for Jamar Chase to reach Justin Jefferson levels, so to speak, of production. Uh, And I also think it doesn't help that his quarterback is coming from a devastating knee injury as well. Yeah, Jamar Chase is another guy who's just so freaking good. It, just, yeah. like, it would shock me if, if it doesn't work out. All right, we're going to do, I got a few first round picks in front of me. I'm going to ask you a yes or no, and then maybe a sentence of explanation. I want to know, will this guy be a national impact player? Okay, like is, okay. is will this rookie, and we're going to do big market guys because that's our audience. Will this rookie be a national impact player? Going to give you one that you're going to love to talk about. Will Devontae Smith, wide receiver of the Philadelphia Eagles, be a national impact player? I mean, he better be. I think the Eagles' leading receiver last year was Travis Fulgham, and they just released him. He had less than 500 yards. So I think that Devontae Smith will be a star in the NFL, and me being a Giants fan, I think he's going to be a Giants killer as well. Who is the Giants' first round pick? Kadarius Toney. I knew that. Okay, will he be a national impact player? I am not as confident in Kadarius Toney being a national impact player. Uh, He had a very slow offseason to start, and uh, I think he's going to have a tough time finding his role in the offense just because the Giants have a lot of talented receivers. He's like the fourth one, I guess you could say, and uh, I think they're going to have to scheme to get him the ball, you know, on jet sweeps and stuff of that nature. I mean, it fits a skill set perfectly, but, you know, it's always tough when you're a coach is going into the season, you know, thinking, how do we get this guy the ball? I have to manufacture touches for him. Will Atlanta tight end Kyle Pitts, the product of Florida, be a national impact player? Yeah, I think he's going to be Atlanta's direct replacement for Julio Jones. Now, I know they technically play two different positions. Julio was a wide receiver. Pitts is a tight end. But I think that they drafted Pitts fifth overall for his receiving ability, not his blocking. So, uh He's got the body size. He's got the catching radius. Matt Ryan needs him. He's got Calvin Ridley. So it's not like he's going to be relying on him solely, but uh, those are, that's a pretty solid receiving duo in uh, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Miami Dolphins receiver Jalen Waddell, national impact player, yes or no? I'm going to go with no. And I think he'll make an impact in spots. I'm a little concerned about his ability to stay healthy. He already had an injury scare in the preseason. But I think that he'll be a fun and electrifying playmaker. You'll see his highlights. I'll put it that way. But will he help the Dolphins get to 11, 12 wins? I don't know. We'll see. I got two more for you. Dallas Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons has been as crazy as I thought he was on hard knocks. Will he be a national impact player? 
I think he's got to be. And you know, it was funny when you look at the Cowboys defense, you think of uh, Jalen Smith, you think of Leighton Vander Esch, you know, they've had success at the inside linebacker position. So it wasn't like that was clear. It was their biggest need, but that dude wanted to be a Cowboy. And I think he is just living up to the hype uh, so far through hard knocks in the preseason. He can make plays all over the field for them. So I, I do think that he'll be a national impact in a star star at the next level. Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris feels like a perfect fit for that city. Yeah, this is one of those ones. I mean, you can usually guess the top five, top 10 picks maybe in a mock draft, but I feel like every mock draft had Najee Harris going to the Steelers in the late 20s. And uh, that's exactly what ended up happening. Now, the problem with this is I don't think that the Steelers were running back away from being a Super Bowl contending team. They're a great defense. Their quarterback is getting old and they totally revamped their offensive line this year. I don't think their offensive line, which couldn't run block last year, I'm not convinced is going to be better uh, now that it's been reshuffled this year. So Najee Harris... I wish he was in a slightly better situation only because I feel like the Steelers are coming down off an extended peak. Yeah, I feel that. Kevin Boylard, you crushed it. NFL preview for the casual college football fan. We'll have you on at some point again this fall when the when the rest of the NFL storylines start to percolate. Tell us where we can where we can follow you and, and see more about you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Kevin Boylard. Also, if you're interested, follow the Pick 6 podcast. I run all the social uh, for that. That's CBS's daily NFL podcast. Do a great job. Our producers, Lance Glenn. My name's Trey Scott. That was Kevin Boylard. Have a great day. Enjoy the NFL season. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.